2: The Around the League podcast comes alive. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by two heroes, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys?
3: We're just worried about, we're hoping Chris is traveling safely. Where is he even going? Do we know?
2: He's going back to Tybee Island.
3: To his island.
2: He's going to that bar, that Huckapoo's bar, that seems a bit... Evil, almost. The, no,
3: it seems like a, a home for Wes.
2: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, evil is a horrible word to use, actually. But it <laughs> seems like a place. Maybe if you're at a bar so much, it could become evil. But at the same time, he's a single man. He he has a lot of close friends there, so we won't hear much from Wes. I think we're going to try to. He's going to be off the next four podcasts, at least in studio. But we're going to try to get him on um, at some point, hopefully in a coherent state. Uh, today is Friday, November 22nd, 2013. Uh, Mark and Greg, I think you know by now um, the 50th anniversary of the John F. Kennedy assassination. K. Rich, did you know that?
1: I did. It's all over the news. It's been there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I She's them.
2: already bored with wherever
4: you're going with this. <laughs> I watched something else <laughs> so on the
1: football. <laughs> this
2: is why I didn't bring it up with Greg before because I knew he would shoot it down. Um, listen. Nobody did it. Hey. Oh, come on. That's just disrespectful.
3: Greg, that was not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. So the reason I bring it up is because, uh, you know, Mark and I started working together in 2010, and Mark, you'd say a lot of strange things. So at a certain point, I had this blue notebook, and I started to take notes in it about when Mark would say strange things about some type of uh, book project for the future. I actually called it Untitled Sessler Project. I'm looking at it right now. And one of the chapters, I won't go into Many of the chapters Because I don't know if Please we can do are a married man with Please two kids Please do not Well uh, One chapter was Mark Goes Oliver Stone And uh, that was about You were going to write a book About the JFK assassination At some point in your life Correct?
3: Well I was Yes I was 18 I was in college And I thought That would be something I could spend like six years on And still not have to get a real job By the end of that probably <laughs> But then I As I started to do a little research I realized there were Roughly five or six thousand books on the topic already <laughs> out there, <laughs> and I moved on.
4: I'd like to see what you could add to the discussion. I came now. up I'm with sure. like three
3: or four pages of typewritten notes. Type, but they, yeah, I had a typewriter in my room. Jeez. All
2: right, Carowac.
3: So this was a long time ago. All
2: right. Well, that. <laughs> so why? Why were you, I'm just curious. Why were you so fascinated that you wanted to write that book?
3: I don't. Uh, I found the public record on the matter to be. A bit off. <laughs> Am I alone here? I mean,
1: Conspiracy on. theorists, maybe, perhaps. There's
3: I I just w- wanted to investigate it more, and I came up with answers of my own, which I think well, probably would suit a different podcast. One day, podcast I hope you do read this.
2: that read that book. We're going to get to the games in one second. I just want to name a couple more of these chapters that I had for this book: um, sleep deprivation experiment, um, vegan, and then it quotes that was my own path. Uh, and Dark Winter Nights in Connecticut Log Cabin. So those are just three trips All true. Trip. Um, Mark, you're a fascinating human being. I'm going to write that book one day. All right, so Week 12 uh, started on Thursday night. Uh, Greg, you could check back in emotionally now. <laughs> week 12 started Thursday night with a fairly wretched game. Uh, 17-13, Saints win over the Falcons. I guess I'm... I'm curious and I'll ask you two guys what are we taking anything out of this game in terms of the 2013 season going forward or is it just a game that existed in time and now slips into the ether forever Greg that second thing you said yeah I like that <laughs> it was weird how bad a game it was
4: despite it being close it just wasn't a thrilling game I mean it had to be the low moment of the Falcon season with the entire crowd chanting who dat with about two minutes left <laughs> in a one score game your rivals are chanting you know in your house it's
3: pathetic it's funny because we came off what we agreed was monday night's probably the best game of the year panthers patriots and you know the world evened out we got a stinker (laughs) last night in my opinion you're exactly it was close and had all the making score wise of listen the falcons fought hard in this but something was missing
2: well this this actually plays into sessler's theory that dome football isn't great uh, there was just no energy in the building, which I think definitely played a role. I brought that up to you downstairs a few seconds ago, Mark, and you told me that, "quote Why would anybody pay money to go into that house to watch football?"
3: <laughs> Look, so now I'm a dome sure is plenty, a house; it's well, like a structure uh, where people, of people live. People do, and they're se- they seem to be, you know, enthralled with the <laughs> scenario. But I find it something. There's a disconnect in televised games from domes, where the audio, which I'm sure it's loud in there. I don't does, think it's loud in there. And it doesn't come not across right on TV. Yeah.
2: I mean, the two things, Greg, you kind of alluded to it earlier this week. It is kind of a bummer that this is one of the best rivalries in football, kind of got taken away from us, really, two years in a row almost now, because the Saints had their problems, and now the Falcons have their problems. Uh, the other thing that jumped out to me is Matt Ryan, and I don't know, I'm not sure what to make of Matt Ryan anymore because they would they go 13 and three last year. Yes, and yep. what are they going to go this year? Three and thirteen, something like that. A mirror. And th- how you know how often does that happen when you have your star quarterback in the lineup? If he stays in the lineup the whole season, what does this tell us about Matt Ryan? Yes, Julio Jones was a huge loss, but to, for the team to completely go in the tank and crater the way they have, that's a little weird, and that speaks to maybe that Ryan isn't maybe one of those top ten guys that a lot of people thought he was going in for the season. I
4: disagree. I mean, who, who is going to... Wh- how many quarterbacks are there that would just survive all of this? I mean, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. He's not those guys.
3: Well, I guess that's the point, though. He's not. Where some would argue that he was becoming one of those guys.
4: But I, I would still put him in the top 10 for sure. Back into the top 10, he's got to be, right? I think wins and losses is so overrated for quarterbacks. It's like we think... Isn't it everything for a quarterback? I don't think so. No, I mean by that logic, Tavares Jackson is above above average quarterback. He's a winning quarterback. <laughs> it's like some people think Cam Newton's a different, uh, totally different quarterback, but he has a great defense. I don't think he's totally different. Well, this and year.
3: Atlanta specifically has crumbled all over the place because they're giving up. You know, I think eleven more I points. Tavares Jackson defense. just
4: got cited in this conversation for the first yeah.
3: time ever on this podcast. I believe he got <laughs> dropped. Well,
4: it's like Kyle Orton. I guess he was a great winning quarterback when he started out too. You know, because he was winning ball games. He must be great.
3: Well, Dan's point, though, is that, listen, Matt Ryan alone isn't enough to mask over all the stuff going over on that team. Where with other quarterbacks, we've seen that they still would go 10-6, and 9-7, and 11-5.
2: We've spent enough time in this ga- on this game. Too much. Move on. So let's move on. Greg, a little salty on the podcast today early on.
3: What's the issue? Ooh,
2: what's
4: going on what's with it, What do you mean salty? Uh, just
3: yes. a little bit, you know, cantankerous.
2: That's just how
4: I was born. <laughs> all right, so let's this, get it. This JFK thing has really got me down. also the one-year anniversary of the butt fumble. Big day. Uh, Is that true? It is, is and there were
3: people questioning what the larger storyline was there, not only for NFL Network, but our nation. That's where we're at (laughs) as a United States at this point. Yeah, Yeah,
2: it it is like one of those things, like you always know where you were on 11, 22, 12. I was in my buddy's (laughs) house for Thanksgiving dinner, and... And I had just finished working a shift, and uh, there was some cooking going on in the kitchen. I just kind of came over, and I was standing watching the TV, and I saw it happen. And I, I called my buddy over, and I said, you have to see this. And I think the whole nation was stunned. Everybody remembers where they were when the butt I happened. was
3: actually on a jet flying somewhere, I w- watching it on the seat in front of me.
2: I was in my bedroom
4: covering the game back in the glory days when I could be working
2: from my bedroom
4: and didn't have to
2: you know, hang out with other human <laughs> beings it was terrific that was also the, the day <laughs> that uh, Fireman Ed lost his innocence because that was his last Jets game that, True well, story. that's one big... I think that's what we should be celebrating
4: today, the end of <laughs> Fireman Ed.
2: You notice how there's never been any call. I think Fireman Ed <laughs> figured that he was going to go into his bunker, his fortified jet bunker, and then there would be this call to get him back to the metal ends It never happened.
3: Did not come. Um,
2: all right, so moving on to the Week 12 games, the rest of the Week 12 schedule, uh, and we will start, as we always do, with the games that jump out to us. And uh, Greg... Why don't you get us going here? The the game of the week, and you know, let's not say anything else is because Sunday night football, the Denver Broncos go to Foxborough to face the New England Patriots, uh, a game that potentially could be an AFC title game preview. We don't know. Greg, as a Patriots fan, how do you feel coming into this game?
4: I don't feel great. I thought they would win last week in Carolina and lose this game. Uh, the fact that they played well in Carolina. doesn't really change. You know, I kind of expected that. doesn't change. I have a hard time seeing how their defense is going to slow Manning down. It's not a really original thought. But Peyton Manning gets rid of the ball faster by far than any quarterback in the league. That's part of the reason why they didn't touch him last week. You know, and the, I think it's 2.1 seconds or something like that he averages before he. The Patriots have no pass rush even when there's a lot of time and the quarterback's holding the ball. And I just I can't see them getting pressure to Manning, they're probably just going to drop people back and try to slow things down but it's hard to see the Patriots keeping them under 30 35 points
3: I agree because it's like what you know listen the Broncos went up against the Chiefs with it. they have a strength it's their ability to get to the quarterback they couldn't do a thing last week and I wonder if New England's strategy has to be because I their offense against Carolina finally looked like it arrived Maybe it's just keep Manning off the field. That's what they did last year. They no, scored just t-
2: 20 points. It's not like it was a, a gangbusters performance.
3: No, I think they Dave looked – it, right? it was well, no, almost were,
4: flawless. I, I honestly, They had 390 yards and seven drives. It's one of those you had to sort of watch it, not yeah. just look at the score, because I thought they didn't get stopped. It was a long possessions. You know, They didn't have big plays or anything, but they played well. I, I think they could score a lot against Denver. Why not?
3: I mean, that's what they did. In the game, you know Denver lost to the Colts, but had not lost since they played the Patriots last season in the regular season. And Brady just kept them off the field. I think they ran eighty-nine plays. They aren't that team, but that's that's one way to keep Denver from doing what they've done all season long.
2: I have a Sessler that uh, Rob Gronkowski is going to have a monster game. Sessler, I'm thinking 9-137-2, and two. like something where he ke- single-handedly with Brady keeps them in the game. I think this will be a close game. I know no, Al-, I do too. Al and Chris have had some bad luck this year with some stinkers, but uh, you, know, you really hope this one pays off, especially after it was kind of a relative letdown last Sunday with the Chiefs and Broncos. The, the
4: only way they win is by scoring a ton, and I think they have the potential. But this Broncos defense, I don't think Von Miller's got enough credit since he's come back in terms of changing their defense. I, I watched that Chiefs game. I mean, he's such a good run stuffer. And then on some plays, they have him covering Jamal Charles. I mean, how many guys are like that? It's one of the best pass rusher in the league, stops the run, and then can even drop back in coverage every now and then. He changes them. Terrence Knighton is playing really well. I, I think the Patriots will score, but I think the Broncos' defense right now is better than the Patriots' defense.
2: Are you worried, Greg, would you be worried at all if Patriots don't hang around in this game and they have another loss? Are you worried at all about the division? Because you're probably, you're probably not going to get the bye, but I guess... Well, actually, currently, you are in place for the bye as a second seed, right?
4: This is a huge game. I mean, they would have... I, I would be shocked if they won this game and didn't get a bye. I mean, this would basically almost feel like you're going to get the two seed. I think they have a good chance to get the two seed no matter what, and you'd have a shot at the one seed if they win. I think they could win this game. They're one of the top, I believe, six or seven teams in the NFL right now. I don't think the Broncos are unbeatable.
3: However, lose the game, go 7-4, and four, and you have issues. And I don't think in the division, but you have an issue because you've got to find a way— to get a game up on the Bengals by the end of the year because they beat the they beat the Patriots and then weirdly enough the Colts of all teams are still only have three losses
4: right but that's assuming those two teams are going to close well the Patriots traditionally close the season out very strong they've only lost two games I believe in November and December in the last five years that includes last week or last four years so they usually close strong and, and they're playing their best they're probably now that we're doubting them or this is where the spot where they usually surprise you
3: although that's what we said. Last week, I should have picked.
2: Uh, I should have picked the Patriots this week because whenever Greg and I are on board on the same picks, then things usually go haywire. You took the Pats in this game, <laughs> Mike. Right? Of
4: course, I yeah. take them every week, even though I just downplayed them. I uh, there's not a spot where I'm not going to take them. Pretty much just because I'm a homer.
3: I took the Patriots in this game as well.
2: Hmm. And that was the two of you, and then the rest of the ATL crew went with the Broncos. Uh, all right. So let's move on. We were talking about the Jets. Uh, they have a huge, huge matchup. Uh, in Baltimore on Sunday against the Ravens uh, obviously this has big wild card implications the Jets enter the game at five and five and uh, holding on to that number six seed the Ravens are four and six and coming off that tough loss in Chicago uh, the Jets could really put the Ravens in a, a terrible spot if they could come into Baltimore and get a win I don't know if I see it happening only because the Jets don't have great history against the Ravens in general, and it's you know, it goes back to what I was saying on Sunday with Geno Smith. I don't know if I could trust, trust him anymore. The Geno coaster is, has derailed, and to see, see him go into Baltimore and put up a big performance, I don't know if I see it happening.
3: You know, Ray Rice com- comes out last week, I think he had, after months of being completely in the darkness, a very nice football game. Now he goes up against a team that's giving up about 70 yards per week on the ground.
4: Oh, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. So it's, and, been, and I don't think Joe he Flacco. looked that good in that game. It was just big, gaping holes against Chicago. Even when he got in the open field, you were kind of like, oh, you know, he should have broken. Right. The I mean, anyone further. can
3: run against the Bears, so.
2: Yeah. And, yeah, this is going to be, if the the Ravens are going to score points, they're either going to do it with their defense off Geno Smith errors or Flacco's going to step up and start making some plays when they need him. I mean, th- this will be the time for Flacco to bring this team up, because if they fall to four and seven and they don't have a tiebreaker against the Jets, I know a lot of people are are picking them uh, to be the team that gets that six seed. I believe I did as well. But uh, if they can't take care of business at home, you have to lose a lot of faith in their ability to come back down the stretch.
4: They have to win this game. Not only is Dan Hansis a huge Patriots fan (laughs) lately, picking them every week, trying to get on a winning side of things, but he didn't (laughs) even pick the Jets this week. Because I don't pick with my heart. Well, it's not Often. working out for you, man. You know, it's not. You know, might it maybe change things <laughs> up? Pick why with is your a, heart. <laughs> well,
1: why no, do you again? Think this goes back. This? No, this goes you're back in, to the you're, conversation. you were in
4: last place
2: last year. You're second to last this year. Maybe
4: get to the heart. The head, the head struggling.
2: Greg can pick the Patriots every week and get 12 <laughs> out of 16 right. If the, if, Brown picks the, if Mark picks the Browns every week, he goes 4-12. this four is and a 12. coin flip game, I isn't it? I go 6-10. So you can't play that card. No, I don't think this is a coin flip game. I think in the case. Ravens are probably a better team, and they're at home. You so chose the Jets, it. Mark Sessler. Why did you do this?
3: I did. He, in, my, my hope is this, because Baltimore's defense really isn't playing that much differently than they were a year ago at least statistically, if Geno Smith can keep his head on his shoulders, he has accounted for 20 of 21 of their turnovers this year. Yeah, he's been great. (laughs) But if they can do what they did against the Saints, play some good defense and run the football, which I think they'll do, and I don't think Baltimore, I think we're overrating Baltimore. I think we should have forked them a week ago. Wow. New York's game. And plus, they don't don't win or lose two in a row. They don't do it. Mm. They're going to win the game. That's
4: fair. Jets' offensive line really struggled. Last week, I'm ready to fork the Jets if they don't win this game. I know it won't get through the committee,
2: but I've seen you enough. You could bring it to the board if, if they don't. Happens. If they don't win this game, I'd be ready to fork. And one, one, one last note uh, while I was working on uh, the end-around uh, column, which went up earlier today. I, did, I was doing some research, and it turns out that that roller coaster uh, on the Jersey Shore that ended up in the Atlantic Ocean after Superstorm Sandy, just totally randomly, the name of it, the Jet star. Mm. <laughs> Gino Coaster, the Jets star. You can't make this stuff up.
3: It's such a star-crossed team, Dan. I, I I don't know. Eight and eight feels good for the Jets.
2: Yeah. All right, moving on. This is a very intriguing matchup. I love the NFC East. I love all these games. They remind me of my grandfather sitting on a couch drinking root beer. The Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> uh, the 5-5 five and five did Cowboys. He drank
4: root beer. He, he loved
2: did. root beer. What were Poppy. you drinking? I was a boy. Apple juice. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. What do boys drink? <laughs> root beer? Fruit boxes? Uh, <laughs> Juice geez. boxes. I don't think it's fruit boxes. I think,
3: Dan, was probably... Juice boxes. You were pounding a Capri Sun. Well, sa- the,
2: my memory of my grandparents' house was my grandfather watching uh, the Giants drinking root beer on this brown chair, and then my uncle, who I was very close with, would play Nintendo in the room around the corner, and then I would watch him play Nintendo <laughs> and then be sent to the refrigerator to get him golden anniversary beer, right. which was like the lower shelf beer and I would be, just see, shuttle
4: them. See, that's the memories I have, being I mean, at my friend's house, and that like, when we were going to the mini-fridge to get sodas, we always bringing back like a Budweiser for, for the dad in the house, and then you'd realize like he's drinking three of those for every one of our sodas, and then years later, you're looking
2: back, and man, he put back like 15 man, beers. he was an alcoholic. <laughs> right, exactly. Deep and grim drinking problem. <laughs> what were we talking about? Football? Football. Oh Marks yeah, the buck. Giants. Mark's the Giants. buck. Let's go back uh, to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh rest in peace, Poppy. But uh yeah. So this is the Dallas Cowboys, five and five. Jason Garrett has now a lifetime pass as head coach. Jason uh Jerry Jones said it himself yesterday. I don't believe it. But they face the Giants at four and six on a four on a rather unimpressive four-game winning streak, but it is a four-game winning streak. Cowboys uh, go on the road to the Meadowlands and win this game. You could say bye-bye to the Giants. The four committee will get together and talk about that. The Giants win the game. They're 5-6, and six, tied with the Cowboys, and all bets are off in the NFC East. Uh, Mark, how do you see this playing out?
3: Man, this is a tough one. This is right at the heart of why the NFC East is a complete puzzle and one of these teams will walk away 8-8 eight and eight with it. I have to look at the Eagles right now as that team, and I had the Dallas all along. I just don't trust Dallas and and honestly, New York's defense has gotten so much better over the last 4 weeks that I wouldn't be surprised to see the G-Men take this game 17-16. Well, you,
4: you picked them. Well, so did that's Dan. why. The, the two of you. Yeah. yeah.
3: That's why I think New York is it, they're not playing good football, but defensively they look like a bit of a different team.
2: One thing with the Giants, I will say yes, they've they're statistically a lot better defensively uh in recent weeks, but Take a look at the quarterbacks that they've faced in that time. Josh Freeman, Pryor, Tolzien.
4: Give me a break.
3: Well, I don't know. Listen, you get a win in any way you can. And the Cowboys are capable. We've said all along they can win any game. They can lose any game, too. On the road in New York. I mean, listen, this is a coin flip game to me. I don't feel yeah. strong about one way or the other. This division is a disaster.
2: Starting to get a vibe because obviously we all think we know how things are going to play out. Every football analyst and fan does. But um, something weird will happen in one team that nobody thought was going to make the playoffs will make the playoffs. I am not. I think the Giants might win the NFC East. Like I have this weird feeling that the Eagles will come down a little bit. And the, Cow- and the Giants will keep winning, and I have no doubts that the Cowboys will have another you know, stumble or two, and I, including this Sunday. I think this division is way wide open, and I think the Cowboys are in a dangerous spot. I think the Giants
4: have gotten too much credit for this winning streak and their season ends here, and they've been a bad team all year. I, Eli is coming off his best game, but I think this is the ghost of Dan's Jets fandom. It all comes back to the Jets <laughs> for Dan, and he hates it that the Giants always seem to pull off Some sort of miraculous thing, and so you're kind of afraid or believing maybe that'll happen again. But I don't think so. I mean, Justin Tuck's been playing well. I agree they're playing better. Who's
3: giving them credit? Because every time anyone talks about New York's win streak, it's, well, they've looked really bad during... This is also coming from
2: a Patriots fan who's deeply scarred by anything Giants-related, let's face it. Admit it, Greg. That's a tough,
3: it's a tough situation
4: be.
2: dealing with the
3: Eli. They're not a good. They're Coughlin not a, Giants.
4: They're not a great organization over the last <laughs> seven years. You know what? Th- they win nine games a year. Congrats! This congrats. is
3: outrageous talk from you. Revealed. Not a good organization.
4: I'm just saying, they're If you look at their regular season Uh-oh. schedule and their playoff appearances, and you stack them up, Uh-oh. they're not a top five or ten type of NFL team over the last seven years. The a they, they had two great, amazing runs La reveal, outside of magnifico. knocking your
3: organization. Off, on the mountaintop, biggest game of the year, twice. <laughs> right, that was to become awesome. become Super Bowl champions. That was one awesome.
2: historical game. I'm just I'm not trying to rub it in, Greg. I'm saying that if I were a Patriots fan, and I tried it on Monday and I hated it, if I were a Patriots <laughs> fan, it would be hard for me to critically look at this Giants team with Coughlin and Eli and ever respect them because you thought you were better than them and they keep they beat you twice Let and you done that, that to though, other Dan, teams too. Because
3: you are the kid <laughs> that grew up watching the Giants with your family, right? <laughs> yes. Let me, oh, I'm going to flip it. that little. You're giving the Giants too much credit right now. Okay, they are that's a good fair. football team.
4: The Cowboys have shown at times that they can be good. I have not seen that once out of the Giants. It's a coin flip game, though, right?
3: It is. That's That's Any of That's these fine. NFC's That's fine. Ones. Giants
4: are favored, actually, in this game. I took the Cowboys. You two took uh, the Giants, and yeah. uh, Wesleyan and Patrick were on my side of things. Yeah.
2: All right. Ooh.
0: Defend your hero.
2: We should get Henry uh, Handsome Hank to record a new series of recordings where he just says Mark defends his Browns pick because I feel like (laughs) it's becoming a weekly thing. The Pittsburgh Steelers go into – what do they call that stadium now? It used to be Cleveland Browns Stadium. It
3: is First Energy Stadium now, Tim. I
2: will add that on the next win Wes is toasted just to drive Chris crazy. Um, Yeah, the Steelers uh, need this win. Obviously, they go into Cleveland. The Browns, basically, they're probably – Uh, They have a date with the four committee if they can't win this game. Mark, you see the Browns uh, saving their season. I ask you to defend your hero.
3: I see them saving it for one more week. I do. I think they're going to win this game. Uh, You know, it comes down to defense. That's why I believe that. You know, you look at what the Bengals did last week, and that was a weird football game. And they scored 31 points in the second quarter, and everyone just looks at the final score. But that came off of some terrible special teams play. But Cleveland's defense. Yeah, but doesn't that count? It, it does, but... Two
4: I, block punts, a fumble. It was You're insane. not going to see that happen two weeks in a row. Okay.
3: Cleveland has been average on special teams. They haven't had those explosions negatively uh, more than you know once or twice. What I think is going to happen is that Cleveland's going to uh, find a way to keep Big Ben. Listen, the Steelers have two, four touchdown games through the air in the last three weeks, I think it is. They've definitely looked different as a team. I, this is a tough one. But Cleveland has to win, and they found a way to go one and one against both division foes Ooh. under Chud, and they're going to do it again.
2: You're an interesting fan because you are uh, deeply negative about your team uh, while you watch the game. You, you just seem the world, you feel like everything's going to crumble. Many times, not this week, but many times when, you defend, when we ask you to defend your hero, you kind of half-heartedly do. This time you're, you're fully defending the well, hero. Two
3: weeks ago... Or before the bye, they played Baltimore, and I picked them to win. That was a hero win for me because I strongly felt they were going to win that game at home. If this, when they get around to playing the Steelers on the road, I will not pick Cleveland.
2: When the Jets and Browns play in Week 15, will that game matter for both teams?
3: That's all we've we've said all along. Because Greg is flying us out to that game, yeah, uh, with a full week of comps and hotels and per (laughs) diems, that we want it to mean something for that reason because we're going to be there.
4: True or false, Jason Campbell played one of the worst games any quarterback has played in the NFL this year, last week.
3: He did. And in fact, even for Campbell, who I think is right, a completely average in every negative and maybe even positive sense the word, are just an average quarterback, he's not going to play that bad again.
4: He's still holding the ball from one of those dropbacks. He's just sitting there <laughs> w- waiting for someone to get open.
3: Listen, the loser of this, I'd be willing to fork Pittsburgh if they lose. I know you guys see them. If they go, they lose seven games, you see them winning out essentially, what is that what you're thinking? You and Wes?
4: No, I don't think they'll win Would you out. You
3: fork them if they lose this game. No. So you're expecting them to go eight and eight and make the playoffs.
4: It's more of a state of the AFC that that um I don't believe in the Jets or the Dolphins yeah. or any of the teams. There'll still be one this. game within. I still could make but a case for that. After
3: what you guys have said and felt about Cleveland, <laughs> if Cleveland beats Pittsburgh, That's what fair. are the Steelers?
2: No, they're 4-7 they if win they this. lose You're this right. week. If they lost this week, that would be a deeply disturbing loss for them because you'd be losing to the Browns, no offense, and you'd need to win 4-5 or five to, get to, <laughs> to get to 500, and that might not even be good enough. Steelers need this game.
4: You're right. Let's give a little credit to your boys, especially one of their players. Joe Hayden is having a season that I don't think is getting enough attention. Destroyed A.J. Green last week. Picking off passes. What a matchup this week against Antonio Brown. Another guy who's not getting enough credit. The NFL leader in receiving yards right now is Antonio Brown. And you watch him week after week and the moves he makes after the catch. And he can catch the short pass. He can go deep. He can do anything. He's got great moves. He's one of the best Receivers in the NFL right now. I mean, I'm not saying he's Calvin Johnson, but he's pretty. He's a special guy, and he's going up against Hayden. That should be fun.
3: Well, and one last note: you take away a very strange Thursday night game where I think it was <clears throat> negative 15 or something below. Big Ben is 15 and 0. Other than that game against Cleveland, right. so that you know he has killed the Browns. And no matter what the situation. And is. while
2: we're here, uh, maybe non Geo Smith division, but. Uh, Jason Campbell played the worst game of anyone last Sunday, and Ben Roethlisberger played the best. And now you're banking on the the guy that played the worst to beat the guy. You know what I'm banking on is
3: if we've learned anything about these middling AFC teams over the last month, is that whatever happened last week, yeah, everything is going to reverse the next week. We're going to have a whole different narrative on next Friday's show, and then it's all going to go back to where it was.
2: Give me five, Mark. Awesome point. Moving forward, okay, we'll go into the rest of the games now, and we'll start with the Indianapolis Colts. This is like one of those weird uh, in our in our pick'em world. We all picked the Colts to lose to the Arizona Cardinals in Phoenix, and I know the Cardinals have played great at home, and they have a, a very strong defense, and Carson Palmer's even playing better. But I throw it to you guys. That's pretty silly that all five of us picked against the Colts, who, who know how to win games, and they've been proving it for two years now. It's one of those things,
4: if I knew you guys all picked the Cardinals, I would have taken the Colts. Because I, I don't, it, it does seem crazy. Only 29% of the country, according to the NFL weekly pick game. Infallible. Which, which you can sign up on, on uh, NFL.com still. And you can wow. see our picks. You good. can go to the experts drop-down and see the around-the-league picks. It's got our shining faces. No Mark-
3: better time to do that when they're, they're like five weeks left to go. in the season. <laughs> Right,
4: you should just <laughs>
2: start right now. It would be a lot of fun. I, I hate the way my picture looks in this Pickham. It's like I look like really? a wax figure. Like a Madame Tussauds wax figure loser. I don't know.
3: <laughs> you know someone I with your the hair same is thing.
2: very wax figure-ish. Uh.
4: You know, you have a lot of product. But you
3: look waxy right now though in, in person. Oh, that's just an insult. <laughs> no, it's not true. You know, you look handsome. Uh, you know like someone said the same thing. How could you all pick against
4: Right, we don't consult each other we didn't with winner picks. It, it,
3: no one, it, it just happened that way. So why did
4: you take the cards?
3: Well, listen, I, I think that the Cardinals have what it, the, the best offense or defense. They the best defense uh, is the best unit in this whole game. Indy's offense, to me, obviously not what it was without Reggie Wayne. I just think Arizona pulls off. They haven't been they haven't been 6-4 and four since 1988 when Neil Lomax, I think, was their quarterback. They're going to go seven and four, and you know what? The Niners are on the ropes in that NFC Wild Card. It's stunning.
2: stunning. A guy named Neil Lomax never won a Super Bowl.
3: You're right.
4: <laughs> I think the Uncle I Neil. I picked the Cardinals because they've been such a good home team. They've been one of the better home teams in the league, and I think they're so physical on defense. And the Colts are a little banged up. They're going to be without some key parts this week including uh, Greg Toller, their cornerback. I don't really like their offensive line. I could see them winning, but you can also see Patrick Peterson taking T.Y Hilton out of the game and then it's like, what do you have on offense with the Colts?
3: The thing about the thing that was so hard to like about Arizona' is Carson Palmer, obviously he's been playing well three weeks in a row, a 90 plus rating hasn't done that since like 2006. I'm going Arizona.
2: All right, moving on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the suddenly surging Buccaneers with two impressive, well, two wins back-to-back.
3: They're surging.
2: They're surging. I was, well, I and was pulling impress- back on impressive. An
3: impressive bit. loss
4: before the two wins, at least.
2: How about Oh, that? yeah, in Seattle. That was not bad. Uh, now they go to Detroit to face a Lions team that did not play very well last week in a road loss to the Steelers. Of course, the Lions are a much better team at home, um, and despite the Bucks playing better, I think that, all of us feel that the Lions will win this game. Greg, I ask you, uh, the Bucks are playing well. Are they going to be seen as a real competitor in this game? Is this going to be close? Absolutely. It would not surprise me if Tampa Bay won this game. I think Tampa Bay
4: right now is an average team an average NFL team. I think you put them in the AFC and they could beat the Steelers and Ravens and those types of teams. That's that's where they're at. And the Lions, they can't win any game in a blowout. Every game against, it could be against the best team in the league or bad teams, they have a tough time separating. Everything comes down to the final few minutes.
3: You know, we spent all this time on what's going on with RG3 week to week. All these guys that we're attached to, guy getting no attention, Mike Glennon, Eight touchdowns, one pick in his last five games, was 20-for-23 20 against Atlanta last week. You're right, Greg. This team is hard to pick against Tampa because they aren't 2-8 in the way that they're playing. They weren't from the start. And, uh, you know, the Lions absolutely... <laughs> Mark's Tampa love is coming no, 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 back no, now. No, they, he's back listen, in. Remember, back early in. in the year, they lost some nail biters.
2: Meadowlands are buzzed.
3: They really did. And, and then <laughs> you got you throw in a staff infection outbreak. You have to switch quarterbacks. Things, things went about as ugly as they could. I wonder if I wonder if Shiano keeps his job here.
4: The the Lions are a weird they're a weird team. They don't they are better at things that you would think they're not like pass protection. They have one of the best offensive lines and pass protection in the league. Stafford gets rid of the ball very quickly. Whereas you think they have a great pass rush, they have one of the worst pass rushes in the league right now. They have no pressure from the outside. They're one of the worst teams in terms of sacks. I could see Tampa putting up some points and coming up with the spread. I'm a little worried about all our Lions
2: love. I would say put it in the books right now. The Detroit Lions will lose thirty-one fourteen to the Carolina Panthers in the first round of the uh, playoffs.
4: Okay, interesting. I like that.
2: Put it in the books. All right, moving on. The Minnesota Vikings, who are a team that exists really only you know tangibly, we don't really care about them anymore. They now go to Green <laughs> Bay uh, to face a Packers team that's lost three straight without Brett Favre, and uh, you know they're similar to the Ravens in the sense that if if they can't win this game, uh, it's going to be very hard to imagine them doing anything down the stretch. You think they would be able to defend their home turf against a Christian Ponder-led Vikings team, right? And a less than 100% Adrian Peterson.
3: Yeah, I think this one came along at a great time for Green Bay. Obviously, absolutely need to get a win. Maybe get Aaron Rodgers back on Thanksgiving. You know, Eddie Lacy last week against the Giants, they that run defense in New York is good. And he only ran for 27 yards. I think Minnesota has the worst defense in football right now, and I think you're going to see Scott Tolzien in a bit of a more of a balanced offense, let Lacy run that football. Tolzien hasn't looked bad. He, he, he's got good chemistry with like Jared Boykin. He's throwing the ball down it's okay. the field. He's I, good for I, what he is. I don't want to is, overrate him. Yeah. No, I'm saying that we we don't want to have, may put a final stamp on him. He's two games in. But Green Bay isn't a complete disaster. I, I like him better than Seneca Wallace. Let's put it that way.
2: Yeah, and I think Eddie Lacy is, is learning what Adrian Peterson knows all too well, which is... You take a quarterback out of the mix and you fill him in with someone that's deeply mediocre and you're going to struggle to move the ball. He was tearing up the NFL for five straight weeks. Since Rodgers went out, there have been very little running lanes for uh, Lacey, which is obviously an issue until Rodgers gets back.
4: They are really banged up, though. They're without, I'm counting, four starters for this game, most likely five with Johnny Jolly, Don Barclay, Casey Hayward, Rodgers, Nick Perry, Sam Shields might miss this game. There is a point where you're so injured and you're playing Scott Tolzien that no game is a gimme. So it's still a dangerous spot for Green Bay. They
3: are a team that last time they went to the Super Bowl, they were equally banged up. I think if you get Rodgers back by Thanksgiving, and I'm not convinced he's healthy yet, but if you do, I don't have a problem with them winning five straight to close out.
2: ATL picked the Packers across the board. Uh, speaking of games that only exists in the tangible sense. The Jacksonville Jaguars at 1-9 travel to Houston to face a Texans team on an eight-game losing streak. Wes is not here to uh, talk up the Texans, but uh, we don't have to either. We all pick the Texans to win, but, you know, who cares, right? Let's set a record for the shortest uh, preview of the
4: game. If the Texans can't win this, they're the worst team in the NFL.
2: All right, moving on. Uh, San Diego Chargers head to Kansas City to face the Chiefs team coming off its first loss of the season. The Chargers also in a uh, situation where they almost need to win at 4-6. Uh, Mark, I ask you, are the Chargers going to keep their season alive on Sunday at Arrowhead?
3: You know, I may have misspoke because in a mailbag, email, organic email thingy that we went around picking which team was going to get out and get that sixth seed in the FC. I went to San Diego because of Phillip Rivers, and then after I – published that went and looked at their schedule try mm. to warn
2: you weird you in real time bro. weird that you
4: wouldn't have considered the schedule before answering that question feels was, like a
3: factor i was rash because they've <laughs> got feels like a
2: guy that just kind of mailing his job in right
3: i was sort it, of mailing it in that day no i went with a gut feeling which i think was wrong because listen you got the chiefs they played in fairness do you and you st- the chiefs again
4: do you still walk to work what is your car situation right now
3: yeah i've been walking to work So, (laughs) at four in the morning, but I'm offering you my bike. So, wait, uh, have you seen the uprise of this thing? What is it, the punch out thing where you've got random people running up to civilians and just hitting them? What?
2: I keep thinking that. Oh, this is new. This is in several U.S. cities and even in Europe where (laughs) uh, rowdy teens. Gather and uh, just randomly knock out somebody. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Crystal, Let what a you...
1: rowdy teen come and hit me.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: Not, it's not, be it's good not a teen. Out there. It's it's like a Jersey gang style. of teens. Well, anyways, I, we live in Los Angeles of all places. Not the maybe the safest harbor for walking to work. I hope by you don't get punched out. In the I hope not. That'd be
2: weird.
4: Yeah, I was kind of pointing out that that Monday morning email <laughs> shift. You're walking to work at four in the morning to get in after a pretty long day Sunday. So. I'll I'll give you a little bit of I'll, a pass. I'll
2: throw this to the boss. Two words. Company car? <laughs> I like <laughs> that. Put it on him. I'm, I'm off for it. I'm not paying. Anybody. Ice up.
3: <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand behind my pick, though, because I picked San Diego to win this game. I you think did. Kansas City is going to be staring at a three-game losing streak after this game, and they have to play Denver again. Chargers are a weird team. They can win this. Oh,
2: come on. Everybody's so big on pumping life into the Chargers just because of this Philip Rivers <laughs> renaissance that never really was. Oh, come what on. do you mean Enough it never really was? Just come on. He hasn't been that great. The team is exactly where we figured they'd be. Maybe one win extra. It, I just feel like that was a narrative that got overblown. In We're the first going month. back to
4: the quarterback wins and losses. You don't think a quarterback can be playing well unless they're winning a ton of games? No, you could be playing well.
3: Kansas City is 25th in points scored this year. You can beat them.
4: I love this Chargers offense right now. Ryan Matthews is running as hard as anyone in the league. I mean, on a first or second down, he's a top five NFL running back. Maybe he can't do the other things like pass protection, catching passes, but he's fun. But but Rivers, to Dan's point, not as sharp the last couple of weeks. He missed some throws in that Miami game that they could have won. I picked Kansas City. Dan picked Kansas City. Wesleyan actually went... With the Chargers, I just think there's something about this team. I'm not in love with them overall, but at home, they're tough-minded and they'll
2: just figure out a way to win a close game. All right, now here's the next game: the Carolina Panthers, uh, who are just going nuts right now at seven and three and beating everybody on the schedule, head to Miami to face a Dolphins team that, you know, kind of uh, stopped the tailspin with a win last week. But I would think, and our picks uh, represent this feeling uh, across the board, that you kind of would be thinking not clearly to pick against the Panthers right now. I, you could talk letdown game and all that stuff, but they're just playing so well in all phases that you got to side with the Panthers right now, right, Craig? Yeah, I think so. Against Miami's
4: offensive line, even without Charles Johnson, who's going to be out for this game for Carolina, they have enough problems any game. I think Carolina will just bum rush Ryan Tannehill, who's not playing well that right now. He's missing a lot of deep throws. He's taking a while to make decisions. About the only thing Ryan Tannehill is doing well is tackling after he throws an interception. He is awesome at that. You could put him out there at safety. I'm serious. There's
2: been a couple of plays. Man, I mean, you've really lowered the bar on your Ryan athletic. Tannehill love. I'm just now saying. Now a great tackler after <laughs>
4: INTs. We, that's another offseason post. Best
2: <laughs> quarterback tacklers after
4: INTs. Ryan Tannehill's got number one.
3: Yeah, I have to go Panthers here too. You know, we saw this at the end of that Bucks game, which was a disaster for Miami. 17 of Tannehill's 41 sacks that he's taken have come in the fourth quarter when the game for Miami often has been close, and it just killed them. And I think that, you know, you'd, you look at Carolina, is it going to be a short week, possible letdown game? I don't think so. They're just they too solid on defense.
4: The Panthers' offense keeps other teams in games because they take forever on their drives. They're not that consistent. I don't see this game being a blowout just because they don't really score over 20, 24
2: points. That's what they do. How fun would it be, as was announced on Wednesday, we're all going to the Super Bowl. How fun would it be if the Panthers rolled through the NFC and you got a week straight of Steve Smith sitting at mm. a table, media availability? Cam
4: Newton in the Super Bowl, the official team of around the league, Carolina. I like
2: it. We'd have to get uh, editor David Ealy to the Super Bowl <laughs> somehow if that, if that ever happened. Biggest Panthers fan I know. Only Panthers
4: fan We I could know.
3: wrap him up in tape and smuggle him inside of a suitcase.
4: We could potentially get a riverboat for a riverboat Ron to go up and down on the <laughs> East River while we tape a podcast with him. We I could like do that. that.
3: Not sanitary, but sounds fun.
2: By the way, nobody else knows Ely, but I will say that he listens to the podcast <laughs> while, while lifting in the morning, so he pumps iron to Mark Sessler's dulcet tones. Uh, moving forward, <laughs> th- the Chicago Bears uh, – Speaking of a team that needs a win, at six and four, the Bears head to St. Louis to play. Uh, you know, let's say it—a frisky Rams team that hasn't been nearly as bad as people thought they would be after uh, Sam Bradford went down. Josh McCown starting again, and the way things look, it could be uh, for a significant period of time going forward. Who knows? But Mark, I ask you. The Chicago Bears, are they going to get another win with a backup quarterback?
3: You know, I picked the Bears, but I see a real big problem for Chicago here. If they aren't going to win, it's because their run defense, we just talked about it, Ray Rice ran through Chicago's defense. That tells you that right there is the acid test. When Ray Rice, who can't stumble for two yards – is blowing through Chicago. Is that what it's called an acid I test? I don't know if
2: it's called an acid test. Does that sound like, that's like a I you, think it's a litmus test. Litmus well, acid is like you throw in someone's face it's, in it's, an it's, act of revenge. I
3: took no, an ac- acid test is Yeah, absolutely. The Kool-Aid acid test for hmm. instance. The, an acid you are test hanging is in there, no, no aren't you? it is because it's this is the true test of two things coming at each Everybody other. Everybody
2: tweet at Mark Sessler I think if he is right or wrong. I took an
4: acid test one summer on Martha's Vineyard, when I was waiting there, I it was kind of a hippie hippie summer. A lot of people are there, right. um, but you I don't had think I don't think that's what they're
2: they're talking about.
3: Well, it's <laughs> in a, listen, we'll we'll look it up tomorrow. You know, on, on area man dot <laughs> com
2: takes acid test on Martha's Vineyard. Point
3: being, <laughs> Zach Stacy against Chicago's run defense. Nice. I like Randall. I I, I I wish I could switch this pick. Really? Yeah. That I would like, give Wesley a hero. I see no difference Can't between. Clemens and Sam Bradford, in terms of honestly running that offense, I think Zach Stacy is the centerpiece That's of that offense. That's incorrect, by the
2: way, because Greg, myself, and Patrick all picked the Rams.
4: That's
3: what I'm saying. If well, he switched,
2: it would be oh. a hero Good pick job. for the Bears. Oh, right. That makes sense.
4: I hope you're right. Zach Stacy's on my fantasy team. He's been excited. I want to see if this Tavon Austin renaissance is for real. I want to see if Long and Quinn, who are playing like the best duo in the league over the last three or four weeks, this Rams team has the potential to be very good. I think they might be a better team than the Bears That right was now. a That's Tavon Austin
3: them. renaissance, was it? For one
2: game, it I like was, <laughs> was exciting. Uh, moving forward, we have two forked teams. Greg, get us excited for the Tennessee Titans. Facing off against the Matt McGloin-led Oakland Raiders. Yeah, a lot of fans of the Titans and
4: Raiders are upset. We've already forked these teams, even though they're only one game out of a playoff spot. They stink. One of them's going to be five and six. I think Dennis Allen. Just to take a different vantage point here deserves consideration for coach of the year because this is the worst roster he's got McGloin and Streeter and Rashad Jennings in this defense and you never know what's going to show up because they're not that talented but man they play hard every week and uh I give them a lot of credit for pulling off four teams four wins this is a terrible team that's why I took the Titans you
3: know we put Allen on our making the leap list and I'd have to say that he's he's come clean on that he's done a good job and if they go five and six and even if they don't win another game and come out of this year with a potential future quarterback in McLoyne oh wow right, we're going down that, that road well i'll tell you what it's they're in better they're in better shape than half of these so-called 6 seed chasers in the AFC who, who don't have quarterbacks?
2: No, they're legitimately six-seed. You don't have to call them so-called. They're chasing the six-seed. Well,
3: I just I think it's interesting that the Raiders, after we all thought, oh, maybe Terrell Pryor's the answer, blah, blah, blah. Out of nowhere <laughs> comes Matt Mcloin.
2: He was so good last <laughs> week. I, I'm amazed I picked against him this week. You, you
3: know
4: what's sad?
2: You guys are all happy and excited about Dennis Allen. He's going to be fired on January 3rd. No, I don't think it's he possible. is. I no, think it th- won't be his fault. But it's the Oakland Raiders involved. They're just going to do something well, completely right. well, destructive see. to their own brand.
3: Let's
2: see. All right, our <laughs> last game of the week: the San Francisco Forty. Uh, this is a game one of those games that when they put together the schedule uh, over the summer, they're all pumped up about, and then it uh, you know comes out and it's not that good. The San Francisco San Francisco Forty Nineers uh, at six and four and in desperate need of a win, go to Washington to face the fading Redskins or the faded Redskins. Um, I would think this could be uh, maybe a tricky game to pick if the Redskins were in the mix, but I feel like there's a lot of bad juju around there right now, and I think the Niners are in a spot where they can't lose, so I think you add those two things together, and it's going to be a decisive win. Greg, do you agree?
4: I totally agree. I could see the 49ers blowing the doors off because their big problem is in the passing game, but when you watch them, Colin Kaepernick... Like Cam Newton, still uncorks about four or five awesome throws every week, even in their bad games. That that really impress you, and he's a matchup type of guy. And now they got the beautiful matchup, and I I could see their offense doing what they did during that winning streak, putting up 35 points and running away with it.
3: Yeah, and on the flip side, you know San Francisco giving up about 13.4 points per game since week four, best in the league. And that neutralizes what is Washington's only strength. They've been able to score, but that defense in Washington along with Minnesota, just awful. And I agree with Greg, this is a San Francisco romp to keep them alive because if they lose this game and go 6-5 and five and Arizona's able to win, suddenly the whole situation in that wild card race is crazy in the NFC.
4: They do need to right the ship right now after two close losses. I still believe in this 49ers team because the only thing they don't do well is throw the ball, which is pretty significant, but they're a pretty complete team otherwise. They can run, and I like the way their defense is coming out. Didn't along.
3: we? I mean, a lot, before the season, if someone said 10 and 6 for the 49ers in that division with Seattle, I wouldn't have blinked at that. I think they can do that and get them into the playoffs. They get Crabtree back. Let's see what happens.
2: All right, that is Week 12. We will be back on Sunday night, as we always are, to go over all these games and talk about them, and maybe we could get uh, Wessling on the horn uh, in his local tavern, and that will be fun. But until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for the Sizzler, for the boss, for Kay Rich, behind the glass, and Lyle, the ATL intern, until Sunday. Other chapters in the Untitled Sessler Project. <laughs> Air antenna, no TV, five years, I almost joined the military in a pinch, I am the wind, my name is the highway, justifiable felony, we broke into a house to steal a dog.
3: All true, had to do that.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.